You're listening to another great show from the Nod Network. Find more great content at nerdod.com. This is Whiskey and Words. I'm David Olson, and I'm joined today by poet Gemma Reed. Hi. Hello. Gemma's here today to share a few of her poems, and we're going to discuss uh, what those mean to her, what they mean to me, because of course I'm, all my questions will be coming from my own point of view, which is weird with poetry for you all to hear my <laughs> view on poems. Um, while we go through some stuff, we've got a bottle of Jura Origin here with us today as well, uh, which I like very much. It's in the same family as Dalmore, which I've uh, reviewed before, and with another poet, in fact. Oh. So that all kind of very works fitting. together nicely. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so welcome. Good morning. Hi. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. So the the poems that you've got here, I like poetry a lot because it's something which I don't really ever do. Uh, I've mm-hmm. never, I've tried a few times, but it's, you know, it's not me. But I really enjoy it when I get a chance to read it and when I get to hear it out loud. Yeah. Um, is it the way you've always written? Have you always been a poet or have you? I, because I started writing at university, we had to do, you know, we were forced to do the different things. We did script writing, we did novels and short stories and I just wasn't very good at any of the other bits <laughs> <laughs> so poetry was the only bit that I could sort of feasibly do yeah. to pass my degree <laughs> oh, fine. Um, I think it's because it's short I, I'm not very good at writing longer things and my poems aren't even particularly long um, but yeah I just sort of fell into it that way rather yeah. than being a conscious choice well, I suppose so with poetry isn't it is it doesn't have to be long you know you no. can have you can have huge like epic poems over the yeah. years or you can have quite short things which still have that kind of uh, emotional impact that you want to to put across in your writing yeah i think the thing that did it for me was um instead of a dissertation we had to do a major project and your choice was to write ten thousand words of a novel or so many pages of a script or sort of 25 poems and i was oh, sort okay. of thinking i could write 25 poems that seems easier that seems quicker <laughs> It wasn't yeah. when I started. But. I mean, and you say easy as well. I mean, you've still got to have that talent for it, haven't you? You've still got to have that way with the words, no matter which way you apply them, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I didn't think of at the time was that I had to come up with 25 separate ideas, <laughs> <laughs> which was probably the most difficult part. But you still, even though they're short, they still take such a long time to write and um, edit. And, you know, every word counts. So every word has such a lot of weight mm. that you've got to think, about every single word in the poem whereas if you were writing a novel you know you could get away with a couple of words yeah well a lot of words being and yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know that all too well yeah <laughs> so I mean, there being a, a number of different styles of poem do you have a, a preferred style of poem or um well definitely just free verse and short i mean all of my poems are probably half an a4 sheet when they're all written out and um not very good at rhyming or you know, trying to fit it into a certain number of syllables or words or um, to make it into sort of a structured poem. So they're usually quite free-flowing and um, very short. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know all about short writing. You know, <laughs> so you mentioned that doing it at university. Yeah. So, did you, but did you write before that? Did you go in, I, mean, I assume you must have to a degree, yeah. to, to go and do a degree course. Yeah. You must have wanted to do that. I mean, I... It's not, it's not a very interesting story of how I went into it, but I was <laughs> accepted to do history at university, and okay. I decided that I didn't want to do that because I just didn't want to, and I was sort of thinking about what I could do, whether I should not do anything, and I've always been quite an avid reader, 
from a child from being a child and all my parents are sort of quite avid readers as well and that's how it's sort of come about and it was a boy a boy that I fancied at sixth form oh, yeah. and his grandfather is a screen screenwriter scriptwriter and he just said you know you read all these books about murder and, and crime and things you should write a book about murder and crime and I thought yeah, I could probably do that that sounds quite good yeah <laughs> so I went to university with the intention of writing a novel and it just obviously that didn't happen I can't write a novel but <laughs> Well, I keep telling myself I can write a novel, and I've tried at least two different styles, and I'm 12,000 words in, and I go, um, what am I doing again? I, I could definitely plan a novel. It's yeah. just the fitting <laughs> of words. Yeah. I, in the same way, I've got a, I've got a four-page like breakdown yeah. of the book that I was meant to do, which is like paragraph to paragraph of like, this chapter, this happens, this chapter, this happens, but can I actually write that? No. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, a few poems. You've got... Mm-hmm four no hang on three individual poems yeah. and then one which is a, a series that go together yes. right yeah. very cool looking forward to that i mean before we get into the poems though perhaps a little drink yeah so yeah, this is a little bottle of jura here just make a small one for you so now you're <laughs> new to it right i am yes can you get away with having a guest who is a whiskey virgin on whiskey and words i have had more than you'd expect yeah <laughs> I think that's because uh, the thing is, it's not for everyone, is it? It's it's very much you you acquire a taste for it or you're into it. In the same way with yeah. coffee or wine, you can do all the elaborate tastings and things, mm. but or you can just kind of like it. Yeah. So, cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's tasty. Hmm. It's quite sweet, isn't it? It's got a kind of a like a subtle kind of harshness to it, which is I, I quite like that hit you get. But mm. I forget how sweet it smells though. <laughs> I could get into that. Yeah? Well, this is day one. This is yes. day one of starting you on the path. <laughs> my whiskey yeah. journey. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that, that is, it is called Origin. Oh, so there you go. Very apt. There you go. Well done, Jura. Very well done. Like, like I saw you. that coming. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, at the risk of diving straight into the good stuff, mm-hmm. uh, do you think we can hear your first poem? Well, you can, yes. Yes, please. Um, the, the first poem that I'm going to read is called Analysis. You want his pieces to take him apart, put him together, change his chemistries. You want to burn your bridge, see whether it snaps or crystallizes. If you have to ask yourself, is this real? Is it real? If you have to think about it, doubt yourself, change your mind. Does it make your love inconsequential or withstanding? I like that. I I like the, (laughs) just the, how you can get it across in such a short space of time quite a, a powerful little message i feel like in that one the narrator is kind of testing uh whether like a in particular a relationship that is what i got from it is worthy yeah. of continuation by putting it through like a trial yeah. and whether that's you know in real life or whether it's just in their mind but do you think that the the idea of breaking something down like that in order to maybe build it back up again is a, is a fitting metaphor for the writing process as well i mean the idea of testing the worthiness of an idea through sort of constant evaluation through it um, I mean, it definitely is my writing style to to break everything down. I quite like taking out as many words as I can from a poem, see how few words I can get an idea across, and then I'll sort of build it back up from there. So, um, 
I mean, I look at each individual word and I'll remove it and see if it's better without it or if it's better with a different word and oh, okay. a very well-used thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say a well-used thesaurus, but a well-used online thesaurus. Yes, of course. <laughs> but it would be cool to have sort of a, a very well-thumbed thesaurus lying around. But um, I do tend to break my poems down and I'm not too precious about them when I'm first starting, when I first start a draft, because I usually write a first draft quite quickly and then it takes the time then to make it from that into a sort of a finished poem and I will sort of write a few different poems then sort of get them all out and take bits from each one and maybe just combine them into one so they all sort of get broken down and built back up into a finished article. I mean I I respect that kind of approach because I know I'm someone who is I'm very precious with my writing like as soon as I write it (laughs) I'm then very loath to, to start picking it apart and stuff. And I think that's, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken before in an early episode about the importance of getting feedback and making yeah, changes definitely. and doing those things. And it's one of my real weaknesses. But it's nice that if you go into that creation with that idea already in mind, yeah. that you're going to work at a kind of a, a minimal level. You're going to cut it down as much as you can and then and then build on it from there. And you're And you have that kind of sense of not being precious about how it ends up because you yeah. know, it's going to be different and all the rest of it. I think that's quite admirable in a way to write. Yeah, I mean, I always have an idea of um, what I want the poem to portray and it's usually like a minute or a second and it really sort of delves into that, which is why I'm no good at writing longer things because I just get caught up in one one moment and then it's boring to read <laughs> that for a novel. But um, yeah, it's... I'm quite precious about the idea of where I want it to go, but not so much about the words around it that sort of make it into a poem. So you've got the end result in mind, so but off, how yeah. you get there is kind of, yeah. oh, okay, cool. No, that's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there are so many different processes, aren't there? There are so many different ways of yeah. approaching the same, the same end result, which is to have a, a written Yes. work yeah you know you can either go the full way where you start off as minimal as possible or you can you know make it as huge and verbose and then cut it all down mm-hmm. or somewhere in between yeah i mean i knew somebody who wrote their poetry quite painstakingly and where they would consider each word it would take them weeks to write a line but when they had finished it it was done and it was finished and it didn't need any editing but they so carefully thought about each word before putting it in it took such a long time, whereas yeah. I will write a first draft of something and then discard nearly all of it and leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it. There's, there are there are the different ways, and you mm. find which way works for you. Yeah. And you think that if you know, I think that I probably lean more towards the the, the former of those two. Like mm. I'll I'll write something and I'll overthink it while I'm doing it. Yeah. And then kind of hopefully do a bit less editing afterwards. Whether <laughs> it needs more editing or not is a different matter. But I, I put less editing into <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but no, I think that that's I think that I enjoy most about writing is that you can do it in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, and definitely. and everyone can have a very different approach and still achieve yeah. great results. Yeah. So in your I'm always intrigued by writing degree courses. <laughs> Namely because I didn't do one. Oh. Um so I always wonder, was there a, a way that they taught? Was it sort of a, you know, when it came to for instance, poetry, mm. was there a style that they told you about that made you do or a, a, a way of editing that they made you do? Um, not particularly. I mean, quite a lot of the course was sort of literature-based and studies on other styles. And then you would 
you would sort of be told to write something in, not in a style, but in a, a short story or a script or a poem, and you could interpret the prompt however you wanted. And the good thing about the course that I did was the first year didn't count towards your degree. So right. you didn't get any module points or you didn't get anything. So you could, you were really free to do whatever you wanted, basically, and sort of ease into it. And wow. then after that, your work started getting marked. So you had to sort of get a bit better at it. Yeah. <laughs> but you had that year to kind of find your feet with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, okay. I suppose it's quite difficult to... Um, there's a lot of difference between writing for fun and writing for something that's going to be sort of judged by somebody and marked and then it's your degree mark that's based around something so subjective but we had different tutors for different styles and you sort of got paired with a tutor that ma closely matched your style so you were sort of encouraged just to do what you wanted oh, um, but to try the other the other aspects of writing that you maybe don't like and then you could sort of specialise um, further down, further down the degree. It's interesting you mentioned that about the sort of being paired up with someone of a similar kind of style. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine uh, named Daryl, who's currently doing a, a creative writing degree, he's been paired up with a mentor at the University of Hong Kong. Oh, oh yeah, who's kind of his writing mentor, and he's working on a Daryl's working on a, a fantasy novel mm. at the moment, which I'm, I'm excited about. So he's, it's just yeah, I like the idea that they go, okay, you're kind of like this person, so they can work with you. Yeah, because I imagine, I mean, you're right with it being, you know. There aren't many things more subjective than creative yes. writing, and <laughs> yeah. if you're sending it to somebody who totally doesn't like the genre mm -hmm. you're working in or the style that you're working in, then of course they're never going to give you a good result, are they? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah a real challenge for it. Mm. I imagine it's quite hard to mark the work and um, to sort of break it down and analyze it in a way that makes it seem like there's a process behind whether you've liked it or not. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, mm -hmm. you've got all the poems that you've got in here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like them. I like that they are they are an interesting selection as well of different types of, of subjects yeah. and things as well. Uh, the next one you've got, would you be able to read that one for I us? I can do it. Thank you. Um, the next one is called Collision. Your voice drives with each beat as it pounds blood through your veins, swirling past your organs, cobalt and pillar box rushing past each other. Train lines twisting over the crisscross tracks of your body. Steam hisses down your nerves, condensing on your palms. Wipe, wipe them off, shed skin. Your, your voice is stubborn, stuck in your throat like a toddler's. Arms folded, your lips pursed. Barreling towards the barriers. Eyes squeezed shut. Fractures of wood splinter your face. Thank you. With that one, I got kind of a kind of a violence from that one it was kind of hard to define yeah. because it felt very very fast paced it was very you know that final imagery with wood splintering in the face it was mm -hmm. all like that um do you think that sort of violent language wrapped around a more sort of sensitive and delicate subject can help to get a a more emotional reaction in poetry um i think so i mean quite a lot of my poems are quite sort of violent or quite dark anyway but i think if you're going to write a poem about sort of loving someone, which is what this one is supposed to be. Um, I think there's a certain sort of violence to sort of colliding with a person and intertwining your life with them. And it's not always, you know, flowery and lovely and whatever. And there's quite a lot of times where you would think, oh, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 
it's a scary and intense thing to to love somebody and in this poem it's supposed to be the idea of saying to somebody that you love them for the first time and that is a very scary thing to do if you mm. don't know what what the response is going to be and it's just like like you're sort of hurtling towards something and you've got to you've got to do it now and you're either going to absolutely smash into something and it would be awful or it would be quite nice <laughs> yeah so oh, i think okay. yeah i like that I like the idea of it being it's more the intensity rather than yeah. the violence in that the the poem here is you're careening towards something yeah. <laughs> there's no way to get up <laughs> the end result could be positive or negative you don't yeah. know i like yeah i like that a lot yeah i mean it's interesting to to try and merge things you know like loving someone and hating somebody or loving someone so much that it's terrifying um because not everything is black and white not everything is you fall in love and you have a happy life and you live forever or what you know with that person it's you fall in love and then you fall out of love and then you hate them and then you yeah that yeah. sort of thing it's not everything's black and white there's a lot of gray area and i think it's more interesting to relate to a poem that is that li sort of lives within the gray area rather yeah. than you know a although i do quite like reading love sonnets and poems and that are all very flowery and oh you must love them so much because you've written this poem but i think in reality it's not always not always that way well you're right that gray area gives you kind of more scope to move doesn't it because you yeah. can explore the the happier things or mm -hmm. the not so happy things yeah. you don't have to be stuck in in one place with yeah, it yeah i think it's a more interesting place to live in yeah. the gray area yeah <laughs> As well, I mean, you've, you're you're focused here on poetry particularly, and of mm -hmm. course, you mentioned doing that in your course. When it comes to writing other forms, are there other types that you enjoy, or is your enjoyment mostly fixed in poetry? Um, I just enjoy if I'm going to write prose, I enjoy describing a scene. Um, so I write sort of very descriptive, very visual pieces but they're always very short and very focused on sort of one moment so it makes it difficult to to write a poet uh, to write a story sorry with a beginning and a middle and an end because I always get so focused on one scene or one moment and it takes me ages to describe you know what the walls are like and what it smells like and what it feels like and if it's cold or if it's hot or mm. and it's you know it's interesting to read it's very visual and descriptive but it's not very interesting and there's no <laughs> plot <laughs> i'm not very good at plot right <laughs> i think i'm quite the opposite i, I find <laughs> i find with my writing that i i'm not very descriptive and i think i probably should be more so uh you know i can get the story going and make the story yeah. go somewhere but i don't really explain what's happening along the way or how it looks yeah. and i think that yeah that's one of my pitfalls so it's interesting that yours is kind of the way around yeah i mean i've thought tried to think of plots before and tried to think of um a novel and i planned a whole novel um, when I was younger and it was it was going to be very very interesting and it was going to be about murders and people would get murdered based on their name so someone would get someone with the name A and then B and then C and I wrote it all out and then I thought, sort of thought I've definitely heard of that before and it's already a book <laughs> <laughs> do they call them the alphabet killer uh, I hope no, they do I was going to call mine the alphabet killer hey. um, but I think it's the ABC murders by Agatha Christie Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, close. Well, well then. And Agatha. they get murdered in in succession. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. <laughs> well then, Agatha. Yeah. Well done. Now, so I think that it is right, isn't it? I've said before that they say there's only seven stories, mm. and you just write them differently. Yeah. <laughs> and 
the idea that Agatha Christie's already had that idea means that you were in good company. Yeah, least. well, yeah. yeah. I, but mine was very exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it was you, very plagiarised without me realising. And you never read it? I have read it, yeah, but um, I must have read it quite a few years before and I'd sort of forgotten about it. And then when I was reading back my ideas, I thought, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> then I went and read the book again and thought, well, I can't write that. <laughs> Well, I had I had a, a similar experience with a story that I was writing, mm-hmm. where I shared it. Uh, I think I, I shared it in the group where, where we met, mm-hmm. and someone was like, "I kind of remind you of something," and they were like thinking of it through the everyone else was sharing yeah. pieces, and they came back about twenty minutes later, like, "Oh, have you read this book? Because it has this, this, this," and I was <laughs> like, "No, like I genuinely <laughs> never read that." Oh. And yet somehow <laughs> I totally plagiarized it. And I had no idea because it's that thing where realizing that it was the same kind of story, I'm like, mm. well, I can't really do anything with that story now. Yeah. But also I definitely didn't read it. So I have no <laughs> idea where it came from. I just had the same idea. You but, just must great minds. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, speaking of great minds, let's hear what yours produced. Can we hear your next poem? Please? Yeah. This, the next poem is called Cobble Landing and it's... Um, it's based in a sort of small fishing town, seaside town in North Yorkshire um, called Filey, which is, I spent a lot of time there as a child. And that's quite, you know, that place holds quite a lot of inspiration for me. So I wrote this. Um, fishing boats tower above you, blue nets slung over the sides, trailing down to the floor. Your nose is cold from the fish air swirling against your head. Scarf wrapped around thrice. Unsteady feet on cobbles, stumbling towards the cages filled with clicking crabs. Droplets of icy spray catch your forehead. Grey waves stretch endlessly, meeting with the overcast sky, leaving you with the boats. Thank you. So with that poem, I mean, you, you just mentioned as well that you base it on a real place, place that you've been. And it seems, and I've not been to that place, so I can't speak <laughs> for it, but it seems to describe a place that is, is quite unforgiving. It's sort of uh, a grey sky, cold water, unsteady footing, those yeah. kind of things. Uh, but it also seems to have a sense of happiness to it and kind of a, a positivity in that same place. So it, sort of how enjoyable do you find it to be as a poet where you can kind of take two kind of conflicting ideas like that and marry them together to make something that makes people think? I think, I think it's quite interesting to, you know, to try and merge opposite things so you can you can be in the harshest of landscapes but there's always something there that you could find joy in or that you could find beauty in or so I think it's quite I mean for this poem in particular it is based on a real place and it's one that I used to visit as a child visiting my grandparents and you know we had we had really nice days in the summer and we would go to the to the front to where the beach is and have ice creams and and do all that but the days that always stuck with me as seeming the most sort of beautiful and the most joyful to me are the days where we went in winter. You would have to get really wrapped up in you know big coats and scarves and hats, and you'd walk down and you'd sort of walk across the the sand, which had all been compacted down by the rain, and everything was sort of grey. And it's probably quite an unpleasant place, really, if you if you did it. But that's always been some of my favourite memories as a child, and then sort of as a grown up. Um, so I mean most of my poems are based in a bleak landscape in a grey I mean it doesn't always make it into the final thing the description of the surroundings but they are they do tend to be 
um, set on sort of a cold beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's where you take your inspiration, then yeah, you know, run with it. So, yeah. and that being that being a, a real place, do you has it inspired other poems or other uh, other tales based in that same kind of location? Yeah, I mean, nearly all of my work is probably set they're all set you know there are elements of that and so they're not all set by the beach but I just think when people think of a a beach and the sea and going to the seaside you would think sort of you know lovely white sands and blue blue sea and blue sky and palm trees and it's all very sunny and lovely but I would much rather go to a cold beach in winter in the UK with a scarf wrapped around my face like five times because it's freezing um but that's sort of my favourite place to be, so that makes it easy to write yeah. <laughs> um, joy into into places like that. Um, whereas I think I would struggle to write somewhere sort of very stereotypically paradisey. Um, but it, I mean, it's always interesting to try and to try and sort of butt two things together that shouldn't go together. Well, you get into all this tension that way, don't you? Yeah. If you're reading through and you're like, well, hang on, how, how can this person be enjoying this? It sounds like this. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's, it makes people kind of consider it and think, what more is there behind the scenes? Mm. Because there must be something more to it if you can still find yeah. enjoyment in something that seems so unenjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that, is that kind of uh, where you get most of your inspiration from, do you think? Places? Or is it objects? Is it uh, emotions? Is it experiences? Where do you think you draw the most from? Um, it's usually to sort of kickstart an idea in a poem. It's usually music and songs, um, but not specifically genres or things. It's just a word or a phrase that might be sort of spoken in in the songs, and I'll sort of seize on that. Um, for example, the other day I was listening to a song, and they, and I can't remember which one it was, but they said reckless. In, you know it's just part of the song and I just sort of seized on that and now I've started a whole thing around but just that one word um, yeah. and have sort of built up a character from that And but they always tend to be set <laughs> in in Filey <laughs> but, do, you, do you have a first draft that you want to share with us or I don't I just oh, have okay. an idea oh well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, can tell you the general gist. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, it's going to be about a. It's usually my poems are about girls because I'm a girl and I find that easiest to write about. And she's lost her love, and so that's made her excessively reckless, and she's going to go out. And I mean, I build up a whole character around these people. She's going to go out, and she's going to sort of sleep with lots of different men and get herself in quite dangerous situations just because she's so sad and she wants to feel something. But the poem will end up just being about five seconds against a wall or something. <laughs> well, I think if you can put that kind of uh, the, the emotion and that whole story into that short space of time, then I think it's great. I think that it, you know you can get that all across, and it's going to be it can be quite a powerful thing. Yeah, if you do it right. Yeah. So speaking of, of powerful things, you've got a <laughs> collection of uh, it's four poems, isn't it? It's it four is. poems that are in themselves individual but work great together um, yes. so it'd be great if you could read those for me please I can yeah it's um it's as you said it's a collection of four poems the overall collection is entitled elements which is very um what's the word elemental 
I don't know. <laughs> Boring, I guess, because they're about the ailments. It's a very lazy title. <laughs> I, I think that you want the title to indicate what you're what you're doing and yeah. what it's going to be about, and it's. I think that there's there's way more to it. You could, you know, you're a poet. You could read more in that title if you wanted to. I think. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll read each one. I'll read them in in order, and I'll just do a pause in between to to indicate when the next one stops with the individual in title. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the first one's called Saltwater. Does it feel like you're drowning? Can you feel the tide as it sloshes in your lungs? Who will show you how to breathe? Taste the salt water on your tongue. Pull yourself away from pink coral and tiny yellow fishes. Sapphire bubbles float above your head and shimmer from your lips. Drag up onto grey sands, gunmetal skies, the black gulls circling overhead. Try to remember how you used to breathe before you leapt into the water. Smoke. Does it feel like you're burning? Can you feel your skin as it blisters on your bones? Fling yourself in, let the flames tum your feet. Black smoke kisses leaving prints on your arms. Licks of orange reflected in your pupils, that wide-eyed stare gives up your panic. Yellow flickers lap your shoulders, who will quench the fire? Inch from the embers, blackened and burned flesh, cracked lips, smoke unfurling from your lungs. Dirt. Does it feel like you're buried? Can you feel your chest crushing around your ribcage? Listen to the tiny bones in your neck snap under pressure. Arms trapped against your sides, dirt pressing in around you. Blink out the dust, shallow breaths with soil on your tongue. Red pinpricks dot your eyes, fuzzy vision, cloudy head. Brain submerged in terror, oxygen leaches out into the earth, gasp up out of the ground. Vacuum. Does it feel like you're choking? Can you feel your throat gluing itself together? Breath sticks in your lungs, unable to find its way to the surface. Claw at your neck, gouge out the obstruction. Useless fingernails barely scratch the skin. Hopeless attempts to gulp down air. Your brain feebly protests its needs. Fluttery fingertips and eyelids. Fear succumbs, euphoria ascends. Bursting from your mouth, wind blasts down your windpipe, sets fire to your heart. Thank you. I like these because they all kind of have uh, their own unique brutality in the way that they're explaining torment for somebody. So were they all written together or did did one spawn the next, spawn the next? Do you intend to have a collection like this or were they going to be individual things? I didn't intend for them to be a collection to start with. I started with Saltwater, and that was just supposed to be a standalone, um, a standalone poem about how you know, sort of depression can feel like you're drowning, and then it became more literal to what it would be like to drown and what physical reactions you would have to that. And then I think I was reading, I was reading something where there were the four elements included in some way, and I thought. Well, you know, that could be more about water and then I could do one about, um, you know, earth and fire and air. Um, so then salt water became less of a sort of metaphor for depression and more of a literal what it would feel like to drown and what it would feel like to be burned alive and buried and, you know, have no, have no air. 
or very, very cheery things. Yes, yeah. very cheery things. No, I, I think yeah. that I like I like the fact that it started off as that kind of an interpretation of depression. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that's still that can still very much well, be read yeah. from all of them. Yes, yeah. yeah. I suppose it's different people's reaction to it, and everyone feels differently if they're depressed. So it was they probably you could see for anybody with depression, you could probably see your own struggle in one of them. Mm. And you put across four very different things, which in themselves are all terrible, but <laughs> yes. they're all different in the way that they are. And I think yeah. that's a, a nice metaphor for how different illnesses or, or conditions yeah, can definitely. affect people in very wildly different ways, but still also be equally bad for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it's weird. It's hard to say that you like something when it is so bleak. <laughs> But also, I really love the way it's been written. I, 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 those four together, I think that you're right. When you when you put it alongside a metaphor about something that's a bit, um, you know, something significant. You know, depression mm. is, a, is a huge, yeah, a huge topic, yeah. a huge issue for a lot of people, and it's one that people don't really know about, don't really talk about. Yeah. And if you can, um, you know, establish it in a kind of, is it kind of like this? Yeah. Are these kind of what you're experiencing? If so you should look into something else you know it's yeah. it's a kind of an eye-opener yeah i guess i think it's difficult to it's difficult to know if you have depression or if you're just having a bad day and a lot of people i imagine would feel oh you know i'm overreacting i don't need to go to the doctor but to put it down as sort of physical symptoms i think it would probably make people think you know if you if they did feel like you know, the chest was crushing around their ribcage because they were buried underground, then you'd probably go. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to find out what was doing that. Yeah. Well, it reminded me yeah. that there's a, a writer from, from our group, mm-hmm. uh, a young lady called Katie Plant, and she yeah. wrote a, a great poem about, uh, was it a poem? It was kind of somewhere in between, wasn't it? It was quite mm-hmm. like a free verse, um, about anxiety yeah. and sort of what that felt like and what, you know, how if that manifested itself as a real thing, what that would feel like. And yeah. it was fantastic. And I think that, you know, in a in a different style with mm. definitely a somewhat darker tone yes you've approached <laughs> in, you know in a similar kind of way and i really i like that i like the kind of that almost sort of social conscience to them that i think yeah. you can get from poetry probably a lot more than you can get from prose yeah because poetry generally is a, is a far more personal thing mm. you know i read a poem i interpret it differently than if you read a different poem and yeah. interpreted it probably usually. yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> so we with the is there an idea now to to, to put together a collection. I mean, if you've been writing poems for a good long while now and you've got yeah. different styles and stuff, are you gonna are you gonna assemble them into a collection and go yeah. forward with that? Do you think? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's I've not got an active intention to to do it, but maybe if I could gather enough together and and put them together. I mean, I've had this idea in my head for a little while now to put some together and have them published. You know, online. You can get books made up as sort of a gift yeah. <laughs> for my mum, but. Um, I suppose if I'm going to do that, I may as well. But they'd have to be super perfect yeah. <laughs> to put well, them out into the world. You know your process, at least. You know your process. Yeah, you know what true, you need yeah. to do. Uh, if it's a gift for your mum, I don't know if I'd lead with elements. Yeah, no, I probably won't, no. won't put that one in, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, I think it's a great story. I think that the, the, the poems that you've chosen today, and I know that mm-hmm. you've got many more, of course, besides that, are a, a wonderful indication of, of what you can do as a writer and what you've achieved with that. And it's... You know, I've I've got a, a lot of respect for poetry in general. Anyway, so <laughs> the fact that you've got these here that you shared today, which have all got very different messages, yeah. very different origins, but still produce that kind of that kind of wow moment. 
when someone reads them. It's really, really lovely. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing them today, Gemma. I really appreciate those. Um, you can find Gemma on online, uh, Gemma E. Reed at .wordpress.com. If you want to check out some of Gemma's poems, you uh, and you can see what more there is in store. Uh, mm. and, and yeah, so thank you very much. Thank you to uh, Jura for Origin. Nice little trap to have while we do it. It was. Uh, I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you. Thanks, and we hope to see you all again out there next time. Mm -hmm.